Good morning, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Happy Lord's Day to everyone. And we trust that you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving as much as possible with your families. It's certainly a different year, and we miss being with so many that we could have been with and normally are with, but we're thankful that the Lord has done great and wonderful things. And we thank you, Gloria, for that beautiful song this morning that you played on the piano, How Great Thou Art, one of the all-time best hymns of all time that people have loved and sang and listened to for many, many years, and we're so thankful. Our dear brother Adel is doing better. He's resting. He'll be our speaker next Sunday. And we are officially now in the Christmas season. Thanksgiving has passed, and we're now heading into the Christmas season, and I wish everyone a Merry Christmas. And we know it'll be different this year, just like all the other things have been, but we thank the Lord for the birth of His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and we want to honor Him and glorify Him. Before we begin the message this morning, let's look to the Lord, shall we, in a word of prayer. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we thank You that You are a great God, and we can say with the hymn writer, how great thou art. And Lord, we're so thankful that we can have the opportunity once again to hear the message from God's word. And we pray that your Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us and give us unction and power by the Spirit. We pray, Lord, that you will hide me behind the cross, that we will see Jesus. And Lord, we will be encouraged. We will be uplifted, and we will be challenged today. And so we thank you for all that you've done for us and pray and ask for your help. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, God goes to great lengths to speak to his people. He spoke to Moses through a burning bush. He spoke to Elijah through a still small voice after a strong wind and earthquake. He spoke to Balaam through his donkey. He spoke to Jonah in the belly of the great fish that swallowed him up. And the word of the Lord came to him a second time. And he spoke to Paul on the road to Damascus and knocked him off his horse and through a great light and through speaking to him Saul of Tarsus was saved and became the great Apostle Paul. Yes, God will move heaven and earth to speak to people, to save a soul, to bring a soul back to Him. So, and He speaks to us through His Word. The Reverend T.E. Ruth of Sydney, Australia relates that when he was a teenager, he went to a church where a speaker preached on the text, Choose you this day whom ye will serve. The sermon made him thoroughly disgusted with himself and annoyed with the speaker, so he went to another church. To his surprise, the same speaker ascended the pulpit and preached the same sermon. And that night he went to a third place of worship where the preacher proved to be the same speaker. And the text was, Choose you this day whom ye will serve. 
Mr. Ruth said, it was too much for me. That night I surrendered to the love that had sought me in three places. Can you imagine if that happened to you? You would say, God is speaking directly to my heart. This is a message he wants me to hear. And I trust this morning this will be a message you want to hear. And I, have, and I trust this morning it will be a message God wants all of us to hear. The title of our message today is Choosing to Serve the Lord. And our text today is Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 through 28. The Word of God says, Now therefore fear the Lord, serve Him in sincerity and truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river, and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served, which were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So the people answered and said, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God is He who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who did the, those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out from before us all the people, including the Amorites who dwelt in the land. We also will serve the Lord, for He is our God. But Joshua said to the people, You cannot serve the Lord, for He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then He will turn and do you harm and consume you after He has done you good. And the people said to Joshua, No, but we will serve the Lord. So Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord for yourselves to serve Him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore, he said, Put away the foreign gods which are among you and incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, The Lord our God we will serve and his voice we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made for them a statute and an ordinance in Shechem. Then Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God, and he took a large stone and set it up under the oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness to us, for it has heard all the words of the Lord which he spoke to us. It shall therefore be a witness to you, lest you deny your God. So Joshua let the people depart, each to his inheritance. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts today. We're going to look at three things this morning briefly. Number one, command to serve the Lord in verse 14. Number two, choice 
to serve the Lord in verses 15 through 18. And then third and finally, conditions for serving the Lord, verses 19 through 28. The question for all of us is this, what will it take to break you? What will it take to bring you closer to the Lord? What will it take you to bring you back to the Lord? What will it take you to get you to surrender to the Lord and to serve Him? Our first point today is the command to serve the Lord. In verse 14, Joshua, in the clearest and strongest language possible, tells the people to serve the Lord. And he doesn't just tell them once, but he tells them twice. Notice he says in verse 14, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and truth. And then at the end of the verse, he says it again, Serve the Lord. Now, when the Bible was written, they didn't have the punctuation in it that we have now. That was added in, but it's certainly appropriate at the end of that verse where he says, and probably in a loud voice, serve the Lord. And that's what he commanded the people to do. And he tells them to fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. That means to reverence the Lord. That means to honor Him. That means to put Him first in our lives. Fear the Lord. And to serve Him in sincerity and truth. We need this today in our society. We need this in the church today. We need sincerity and we need truth. They go together. God is wanting us to avoid all pretense and all hypocrisy and be honest and sincere before Him with a sincere desire to serve Him. And then he mentions here to put away the gods that their fathers had served. This speaks of the seriousness and commitment it takes to serve the Lord. He didn't sugarcoat it, but he told them what committed service was all about. That's the same way the Lord Jesus was as we see it recorded in the Gospels. He never told them it was going to be easy. There was a song years ago, I beg your pardon, I never promised you a rose garden. And the Lord never promised us an easy Christian life. There's going to be trials and difficulties. There's going to be things we have to overcome, challenges as we all face them. But he wants us to say above all things, no matter what happens to me, no matter what circumstances come into my life, I am committed to serving the Lord. And that's what Joshua is telling them to do. And every person, every man, woman, and child has a free will to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and to make it their commitment to serve the Lord. When the Lord Jesus called his disciples, he called them one by one, and he called them with those two familiar words, follow me. And they did. And they turned the world upside down. And they preached the gospel and won souls to Christ. And down through the ages and down to the present time, the power of the Holy Spirit is working. And he wants to use you as a servant. He wants to use me as a servant. It's humbling 
but I'm very thankful that I have the privilege and the honor to serve the Lord, and we should all feel that way. So that's our first point today, command to serve the Lord. And in verses 15 to 18, we see our second point, the choice to serve the Lord. Joshua says here, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Now, when he says evil, what he's really referring to is if it seems disagreeable to you, if it seems uh, against your, your will to serve the Lord. But he says, choose you this day whom you will serve. It's a choice that they had to make, and it's a choice that we have to make as well. And he gives them the choice. He says, if you want to serve the other gods, which your fathers served, which were on the other side of the river, and when it says the river, that means the river Euphrates, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, you can do it. It's your choice. God gives you the free will. But there's going to be consequences, as we're going to see, if they don't serve the Lord. But Joshua here tells us how important it is for us to confess the Lord, to have him as our Lord and Savior, and to serve him all the days of our life. Romans 10 and verses 9 and 10 says this, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And Joshua uses himself and his family as an example of those who choose to serve the Lord. And these famous words, which are known by Christians around the world, and Christians here in the United States and in our church, so familiar, he says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua says, you choose whom you're going to serve. I've already made my decision. My family's already made their decision. Now you have to make the choice. You have to make the decision. As children grow up and they reach the age of accountability, when they can understand the gospel and what it means to be a sinner and what it means to come to Christ and believe on Him that He died for their sins on the cross and, and to repent of their sin and to turn from their sin to the Lord and accept Him as their Lord and Savior. When they get to that point, and we don't know exactly when that is, but when they're ready and the Holy Spirit is working on them, we should encourage them to receive the Lord as their Lord and Savior, and go on to serve the Lord. There's no greater joy for any parent than to see his child saved, to see his grandchild saved, to see them going on for a life of fruitful service for the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, many Christians have this verse on their front door or on their front doormat or some people have it on their walls inside their homes and that's all very very good and I have it on mine too 
But what's even more important is that we live the truth. We live out that. We can't just say, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and go about our own lives living for ourselves and living for the world. No. If we're going to have a sign on our door that says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, we have to serve the Lord. We have to decide to serve Him. Not only when we get saved, but also every single day of our lives, we have to make that decision. And Joshua was dedicated. He was determined. And he was decided that he was going to follow the Lord and serve Him, no turning back. One of my favorite hymns is, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. We don't know who wrote this hymn. It's an unknown hymn. But I can't wait till when I get to heaven and I find out some of these hymns that were unknown writers. We, we didn't know who wrote them. We find out in the Psalms, there's some many, many Psalms we don't know who wrote them. But one thing we know is that they were a blessing and we're going to meet these people in heaven and all the questions we have will be answered. But the hymn writer said, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back. Though none, though none go with me, I still will follow, no turning back. Will you decide now to follow Jesus, no turning back? I love that. And I think if you could put a title to this song other than, I have decided to follow Jesus, we could call it the Joshua song because that's what he has decided to do, to follow Jesus, to serve Jesus. And that's what we have to decide as well. You know, life is all about choices. And the words of Eleanor Roosevelt ring true when she said years ago, one philosophy is not best expressed in words. It is expressed in the choices one makes. In the long run, we shape our lives and we shape ourselves. The process never ends till we die. And the choices we make are ultimately our responsibility. It's my decision. It's my choice. It's your decision. It's your choice. And we have to make that choice to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And also, the choice to serve Him is very, very important. When we decide to serve the Lord and make it our commitment, we are choosing to honor God and put Him above anything else in this world. In every decision. In everything. Jesus said in John chapter 12 and verse 26, If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him will my Father honor. Jesus tells us a couple of things here. If we serve Him and follow Him, He will be with us and we will be with Him. And God will honor us. Adel frequently quotes from the Old Testament, I will honor those who honor me. And that is so true. And that's what Eric Little in the movie Chariots of Fire quoted too. I will honor those who honor me. God honors his people who serve him. A gentleman one day said to J.B. Goff, as if it were somehow a discouragement, 
you were in the minority. He went on to say, praying men are in a minority. Bible-loving men are in a minority. Men who honor God's house and God's day are in a minority. Follow not the multitude to do evil. Join the minority. Stand up and stand out for Jesus. Don't muddle to destruction with the majority. The Master says, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many are those who go in thereat. The majority had its way and brought mess, muddle, and war. The majority has failed us. Join the minority. Come to the house of God. Take down your Bible and read it again. Keep the Lord's day holy. Commence to pray or to pray again. Give your life and heart to Jesus Christ. Take your part in turning this nation back from being a people of God-forgetters to a reverent and godly nation. Begin now. Tomorrow may be too late. Sobering words written many, many years ago that apply to us like they were in the newspaper today. We also notice in verses 16 and 17, the people choose to serve the Lord. It says, so the people answered and said, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God is he who brought us up, brought us out, and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the people through whom we passed. They made a decision that day to serve the Lord. But at the very same time the words are coming out of their mouths, they have false gods in their tents. They were even at that point in time worshiping idols. And all through the history of the nation of Israel, they were, they were overcome by idolatry, to the point where the Lord finally had it with them and brought them into captivity in Babylon to take out of their hearts these false gods, these idols, and to bring them back to himself. And we see that Joshua is going to respond to the people in what they said that they would serve the Lord. And our third point today is the conditions for serving the Lord in verses 19 through 28. Now you would think that Joshua would be thrilled. He would be saying, Amen, brothers and sisters. Thank God you've decided to serve the Lord. Thank God you've made that decision. I'm so happy for you. But he says something totally different. He says in verse 19, he says, you cannot serve the Lord, for He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then you will turn and He will do you harm and consume you after He has done you good, and so forth through this chapter. It's amazing. Joshua said, you cannot serve the Lord the way you're going. 
you not only have to make, the, make it your commitment to serve the Lord and say the words, but you've got to get rid of the foreign gods. It reminds me of Jacob when he left Laban and he had his two wives and all the children with him. And Rebecca, the one he loved the most of his two wives, she stole the family idols and took them. And when Jacob was rededicating himself to the Lord at Bethel, he took those foreign gods and he buried them in the ground and made a commitment and built an altar and said, we're going to leave that all behind. That's the old life. That's the world. That's the religious things. We want the Lord. And that's what Jacob did. And so Joshua is making it very clear we can't serve God and serve idols at the same time. Jesus said you can't serve God, you can't love God and love money at the same time. Moses said in Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 24, for the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Normally we think of jealousy as being a bad thing, being a sin, which it is, but when it comes to the Lord and his affections over us, his people, he is a jealous God and there's no sin in that at all. He loves us and he wants us to put him first in our life and to live for him. It's like the people were signing a binding contract with the Lord and Joshua was witnessing it and he tells them there, if you're going to serve the Lord, here's what you have to do. You have to put away the foreign gods which are among you and incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel. Simple as that. That's repentance. If you're going to serve the Lord and live for the Lord and follow Him, you've got to repent. You've got to get rid of the idols. Nowadays, we have different idols. We have, we have homes as idols. We have cars as idols. We have people in our lives as idols. Anything that we put above the Lord is an idol. And we need to put it aside and put Him in the first place. In the, give Him the first priority. And that's the only way that we can serve the Lord. Joshua says, okay, if you're going to serve the Lord, we're going to set up a monument here. We're going to make it as a witness that you have made this commitment. And that's exactly what he did. They took up a large stone and set it up as a witness to their commitment to serve the Lord. It says then in verse 26, then Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God. And he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And it was a great day of commitment there. You know, three times in this passage, the people of Israel said they will serve the Lord. First of all, they said it in verse 16. Secondly, they said it in verse 21. And third, they said it in verse 24. Amazing, three times. You know, when somebody promises you, oh, I'll swear I'll do it. I'll, I, I guarantee I'll do it. I, I, I'll never fail you. I'll, I'll come through for you. The more people say and add and add and add and add, that means they're going to let you down. That means they're not going to do it. Remember when Peter was there 
And he says, Lord, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And the Lord said, Peter, before the rooster or the cock crows twice, you're going to deny me three times. No, no, I won't. And all the disciples said the same thing. You know, if we say something, we have to mean it. And if we say it and we mean it, we have to do it. Very, very important. We have to put away the things of this world to serve the Lord with all our heart. Otherwise, the world will attract us. Otherwise, the world will, will influence us, and we don't want that. And you know, you can't serve the Lord half-heartedly. You can't. It's impossible. And you can't serve the Lord being double-minded. That's impossible too. One mind, your mind is on the world and your mind is on Christ. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. A.T. Pearson said, the supreme test of service is this, to ask ourselves these three questions. For whom am I doing this? Much of what we call service to Christ is not such at all. If we are doing this for Christ, we shall not care for human reward or even recognition. Our work must be tested by three propositions. Number one, is it work from God as given us to do from Him? Number two, is for God as finding in Him its secret of power? In other words, is God empowering this work we're doing? And third, and is it with God as only a part of His work in which we engage as co-workers with Him? We have to realize we're one person. We're serving the Lord in a little corner of our world. And we're all serving together and we should never be proud because everything we engage in in serving the Lord, it's His power and His glory that's involved. So let's remember today as we conclude our message that God will move heaven and earth to speak to a soul to bring a soul to Christ and to bring a soul back to Christ and to move that soul to serve Him. Sometimes we need a nudge. Sometimes we need more than a nudge. We might need a two-by-four to get us going and moving for the Lord. But God commands that we serve Him, but He won't force us into it. It's our will that has to say yes to Him. And we can't serve him and serve idols at the same time. We can't put anything above him. The poet once said, I have made my choice forever. I will walk with Christ my Lord. Not from him my soul shall sever while I'm trusting in his word. I the lonely way have taken, rough and toilsome though it be, and although despised forsaken, Jesus, I'll Go through with thee. Yes, there is the command to serve the Lord. There is the choice to serve the Lord. And there are the conditions by which we serve the Lord. Yes, we have to put away the worldly toys. We have to give our hearts fully to Him without any half-heartedness or without any double-mindedness or without any hypocrisy. Let us all say with Joshua today, wherever you are in your homes listening to this message or wherever you are, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord.
Shall we just close in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we're challenged by your word today. We thank you for Joshua and his godly example that started when he was sent out as a spy and how he brought back a good report along with Caleb. And all through his life, he was dedicated to you. And certainly, Lord, his family was as well. And they could say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Lord, if there's anyone here listening to this message today that needs to be saved, let them receive the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and not put it off another moment. And Lord, for those of us who are believers, help us to be servants, humble servants. Help us to consider it a privilege to serve you, Lord. Help us to put you first in all that we do. And help us to do it for your glory, not for any self-recognition or reward, but help us to know that we're serving the greatest master, our Lord Jesus Christ. And as for us, we will serve you, Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' precious and worthy name. Amen.